I began to be able to not go out to socialize as much as I wanted because I couldn't use public restrooms. I was afraid of germs. I was consumed with fear. I was afraid to sit on subway seats. I was afraid of anything and anybody. I lost my entire life. And I was a born-again Christian. And when I was counseled, I was counseled that I should have no fear. And then I went through deliverance. And I was told that I was set free. But I wasn't free. Twelve years I suffered with obsessive compulsive disorder and severe panic attacks. And when I give my testimony, it's very interesting that people will say, well, it couldn't have been that severe. The very first person who asked me to share my testimony publicly was Dr. Neil Anderson at one of his seminars. I want to say this to you, that when I have shared publicly, I've actually had a Christian psychologist come up and say to me, it couldn't have been that severe, Cindy, because there's a very low success rate of obsessive and I tell them it was very severe. I was on medication. And nothing could shut the torment off in my head. Absolutely nothing worked. I gave up on my life. There was no help. Nothing could reach me. And then one day, I called Charles Stanley's ministry just to order some materials. And at the end of the conversation, I mentioned to the phone operator. You know, I have severe obsessive compulsive disorder. It's part of my life now. And he said, oh, you don't have to live with that at all. And I said, okay, I've tried everything. There's nothing, there's nothing that's ever going to work for me. And he said, no. It's because you've tried everything to stop the behavior. But the Bible says that as a man thinks, so is he. And he told me about a ministry of Lifetime, called Lifetime Guarantee in Texas. And through this ministry, I learned the truth of my new identity in Christ. And I thought that I was going to have to go through and travel therapy with them or something like that. Within three months of listening to tapes and reading about what it meant to be regenerated and born again, the darkness dropped off of me. And I remember
parents were divorced, and I felt very abandoned by my father. I was very aware that everybody else had a daddy but me. I always had a sense of insecurity. I needed to learn about my security in Christ. Now, let me read this to you again. When I come back to life again, you will know. This is Jesus speaking. You will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So what does that mean? Here we have God. And who's in God? The verse says that Jesus is in God. And who's in Jesus? For me, that verse says Cindy. And who's in Cindy? That verse is very clear. That verse says that Jesus is in Cindy. So this means that anything that comes into my life must come through God, through Jesus, to get to me. But then, when it finds me, it finds Jesus in me. Do you understand who you are today? Do you understand your new identity in Christ? And more importantly, do you understand that the Bible says that we have a choice as believers? To either walk in the Spirit or to walk in the flesh. It's one or the other. And when I was having OCD and severe panic attacks, I was walking in the flesh. I was walking in the old life. And I knew that. But I never knew how to switch from channel A to channel B. I had a lot of Christians telling me you don't have to do that anymore. But I didn't know how to get out of that. And the way that we get out of that, the Bible says, the way that we walk in the spirit rather than in the flesh is to fix our minds on Jesus. It is to live in total dependence upon Him. Moment by moment. You see, we have a lot of converts today. We have a lot of people that have fire insurance. They're going to heaven, they understand that. But they really don't understand how to live the abundant life in Christ. If Jesus said that there is an abundant life, where is it? The way to get to the abundant life, however, is much different than most Christians realize. Because the modern church has changed the message of the cross. One of my favorite sayings is, the modern cross says, come and get. But the cross of Calvary says, come and give, come and die. There is only one way to the abundant life, and that is through death death to self. And God will take us through many situations and many Christians will not understand. They will think that God has abandoned them because there is a different gospel preached in the modern church of prosperity and of good times always. But Paul spoke about something quite differently, didn't he? He said that death worketh in me. And he talked about despairing of life. He actually said that they felt in Asia that the burdens laid upon them were so heavy, they felt that the sentence of death had been laid upon them. These are not verses that most modern day Christians want to memorize or put in the refrigerator. 
But this is the process that God will lead each and every one of his children through to bring them to death, to a self-reliant life. There is no abundance in a flesh life. There is no abundance in a self-reliant life. There is no limitless power in the flesh. There is nothing to be found there. Absolutely nothing. The abundance comes only in the supernatural life of Christ living with you. And he came to live with Amy for one reason, for one purpose, and that is to live his life through you. And what is the life that he lived when he walked on this earth? That is exactly the same life that he wants to live through each and every one of us. So what is our mission statement? It's exactly the same as Jesus' was. There's no difference. He lives within us to live his life through us. To do what? Here's our mission statement. Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I ask you this morning, who is your source? Has death been working in your life? Who is your source? We have a decision to make as Christians every day. The New Testament way of living is called abiding. The vine in the branch. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. It is only living in total reliance and dependence on him. Paul found the secret. He said that I can do all things through Christ. And I have learned, he said as well, to be content in every situation. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ. He knew how to live out of his union with Christ. And I would encourage you this morning to begin to abide in him, to not wait for your for your 9-11, your personal 9-11 in your life. But as you wake up in the morning, and as you're putting your slippers on, that you say, Lord, you do this through me. As you're scrambling your eyes, Lord, you do this through me. Everything that you do, set your mind on him. It's amazing what happens. What, what is the formula for peace? Isn't it interesting that God's love is unconditional, but his peace is not? It's our choice. It's very clear. Perfect peace have they whose mind is set on thee. We have the choice every day, every moment. One of the most amazing and healing things for me was to learn to live in the spirit and not in my soul. I had a choice. I no longer had to be controlled by my emotions like a roller coaster or my circumstances. The deeper life is an eternal, eternal life. And we look to Christ, we stand on the rock, regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of our emotions, we bypass everything and go directly to Jesus. Isn't it interesting to deal with the battle of the mind? I realize as I've spoken uh, to many people, how, how many people are struggling 
with panic attacks or depression or different issues, the battle for the mind. One of the most amazing things for me was to be taught to be an air traffic controller. I had the authority, the Bible says, to take every thought captive. When I first read that verse, I thought, that's going to be impossible for me. I'll never be able to do that. But listen, if he says I could do it, I could do it. The thing is, I had been deceived my whole life, and I was listening to lies. And when I was, I was so in the thick of obsessive-compulsive disorder and living in a, in a high state of fear continually, and I began to understand these truths, I would write out scripture verses on cards, and I would read them to myself out loud, I would take them everywhere, and I, I, re, I began to realize that I needed to take back my mind. I had enough now. I realized I didn't have to live this way anymore, and I realized that Jesus had paid a very high price for me to live a very different life than I had been living. Jesus was slowly tortured to death so that I could live a life of peace and joy in union with Him, regardless of what my circumstances were. And I learned that I could be an air traffic controller. And I learned that it was my choice to decide what thoughts I was going to allow land in my mind and what thoughts I was going to say, keep going. And I can remember being in the supermarket and my mother had a very bad problem with her neighbor. My neighbor wanted to sue my mother. My, neighbor, my mother's neighbor was a bully and I'm a single woman, so I'm, I'm the son in the family. I have no brothers. I'm the one that goes in to fight my mother's battles. And it was really stressful to have this, this, this guy wanting to sue us. And I remember, again, being in the supermarket. We had a lot of revelations. <laughs> I was going to get the bread. I was going to grab the bread, and the thought came to me. But now I understood. I was equipped. I had my armor on. I had been through an army, planning. I'd been in the military. I knew what I was dealing with. And the thought comes to me, I'm reaching for the bread, the thought comes, this is going to be it, Cindy. This is going to be the thing that's going to push you over, mentally. This is going to be too much for you to endure. This man is going to be after you, drag you to court, and this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And right away, I did it quick, like you do a spell check. I did a Jesus check. <laughs> at the end of it, at the end of my thoughts, I've learned to say, in Jesus' name. Because then I can decipher quickly, where does it come from? Who's serving this up to me? I knew right away this was condemnation. Any anti-God thought, anti-love God, or anti-Cindy God, I knew was coming from the enemy. And right away I said, oh no, not having it. And I took authority over that. And I said that every one of my days, has been ordained by God, and greater is He who is in me than He who is in the world. It was one of the first times that I began to understand the victory that was in the Lord. And I will remind you that as Christians, we never fight for victory. That victory was already won. We are never fighting for victory. We are always fighting from a point of victory. The victory is ours. He made a public spectacle of the public for a reason. It was public for a reason. I want to share with you very quickly, because I know my time is almost over, one of the other truths 
from God's word that really set me free. You know, we often hear that was the enemy speaking to us. I heard that for so many years. I heard that for 12 years. And I thought, ooh, okay, well, how would we really, really know? How does the devil speak to us? Seems like something we should really know. What's amazing to me, what was so amazing to me was to learn that the devil speaks to us in first-person singulars. The devil will not come and say, you, Cindy, the thought, he will impersonate me in my own mind. He knows my flesh patterns, he knows my weaknesses very well. And he will speak, he will try to sneak in a thought coming from my own mind. In other words, I better not do this. He's not going to say, Cindy, you better not. He's going to say, I better not. Or uh, he's, he's going to make it sound like it's just coming from me. That's why we so need to be in the Word of God to be transformed and renewed. Two of the pieces of paper that I've given out is so that you can have an assignment. That you can begin working on the renewing of your mind, even when you go home today. first thing that I want you to look at is Jesus Christ is my life. You may know him as your Lord and your Savior, but do you know him as your life? Have you exchanged your life for his? The Bible says in Colossians, when Christ who is our life. See, it's not about us anymore, it's all about him. God isn't limited by our limitations. It's all about Jesus. When we're dealing with something, the enemy wants to think of it. From our own abilities, from our own liabilities, from our own past. He wants us to view us as, as the world views us. He wants, it's amazing that he, he, I always had a mindset of an orphan, of being alone and from a broken family, and that was so deeply ingrained in me, and I had such a low self-esteem. But it was when I learned about sonship, my sonship and my new identity, that's when I really started to become and to walk in the truth of who I am in Christ. In my singles ministry, it's very interesting. I, I, I went to an event recently and I gave a flyer to the pastor who was speaking. And he said, oh, I think this is great. Singles ministry that focuses on singleness. That's great to have a single focus. And I said right away, oh, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't even talk about singleness. There's nothing in the New Testament about living a single life. It's all about enjoying our union in Christ. There's nothing about being alone, is there? It's about sonship, not about being an orphan. Nothing about that anywhere. So I just want to show you this. This Jesus Christ is my life. I encourage you. I have this in a frame in my study at home. This is the very first thing that I received on my journey to recovery and healing. And I would encourage you to go home and to write out these verses, to get a notebook, and to write out these verses, and to begin meditating on the Word of God. And I would encourage you to think about what you abide in. The New Testament is very clear about abiding in Christ. But many times, Christians abide in their problems, abide in their past, abide in the worries of the future, abide in all their problems, they think about it and they sulk about it. But God has called us to abide in Him and abide in His truth. And when you have that sword, the sword of the Word in you, it's amazing. When I began to, to see what the, what the sword does, how it cuts through your soul and all the pain in your life, 
it's amazing to start actually living for him and living in him and abiding in him. So I would encourage you to write out these verses in a journal, however many you can do in the course of your day, and to read them through, not just to memorize verses, but to understand what the verses mean to you. And I've also, we've also handed out something else called the results of the cross. And I would encourage each and every one of you to, to ponder the question, are you living a life worthy of Jesus' death? Are you living the life that he died for you to live? Are you enjoying that inseparable union with him? You know, when we were born again, we were regenerated. His spirit came to live in our spirit. A lot of Christians know that. They know a lot of theology. But they haven't exchanged that source yet in their life. They're still living in the self-life and trusting in the self. And not quite yet living out of the spirit. I would encourage you to read through these verses as well and to call on them. And also to visit my website if you'd like, Complete in Christ, which is, is actually all about living the abundant life and understanding what it is that, that God has called us to enjoy. I just want to close in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. And I thank you for the life that you want us to live, Lord God, the birthright that is ours as your children, children of the Most High God. And Lord, we just delight in you today, and we enjoy who you are in us, and that you have not left us alone. You are the creator and sustainer of this entire universe, and that you are working out every circumstance to draw us closer and I pray this prayer in the name of my Lord, my Savior, my big brother, my friend, my liberator, my king, Jesus. Amen and amen.